welcome to the Epic Angels podcast. Every episode, we put the spotlight on one of our portfolio startups. My name is Mikey. And my name is Hester. After the conversation with the founder, Mikey and I will have a conversation together with one of our Epic Angels to reflect on this investment. Today, we have Znotes with us, the Wikipedia for study resources. This impact-focused company is leveling the playing field of standardized exams with a student-empowered and tech-enabled approach for content creation and peer learning. They have already reached over 4 million students and educators, and they're just starting. We are very excited to have you with us and hear your story, Zuber. Welcome. Thank you so much. Great to be here. And you have brought with you Beatrice, your advisor and Epic Angel, but you found her first. She was already with Zenotes before joining Epic Angels. Hey, Beatrice. Hello, it's great to be here. Let's dive right in. Let's start with learning a little bit about you, Zuber. You started Zenotes at the remarkable age of 16. At that age, most of us are focused on making it through school and what our peers think of us, but not you. You started to create a movement that would make the world a more equal place. Tell us what the problem is that you saw and how you went about to solve that. Quite fitting to answer this question today, especially because I'm, I'm, I'm dialing in from Jeddah uh, and from a teenage bedroom where in many ways, you know, it's grew and developed. I think education was always a key part of my upbringing, knowing that the social mobility associated to what education access can provide. And so at the age when I was taking this first set of external examinations, could see the scale of, of the number of students that were doing it, and yet the disparities in experiences and support, it just it had to do something about it. It was not meant to be at the reach that it got to. And in many ways, that's why the social problem was very, very key and clear for us. Um, knowing that examinations such as the international qualifications or the local end of school exams determine your pathway to higher education, to vocations, to careers, meant that it was important that every young person had an equal access to the resources and support. And Zeno started with a very simple idea. What if we brought the best notes that a student could create and make them available at a global scale, capturing the essence of the student's knowledge and experiences and exam experiences themselves as well? How can that be uh, made more globally accessible? We've always written notes from back in the days. Zenos is just kind of a amalgamation of it at a global scale. That's great, really. So to make the world a little bit more equal, as you say rightfully, exams determine where you end up. Uh, so exam preparation is very, very important. Beatrice, how did you get to know Zuber? Well, I was uh, introduced to Zuber by actually a fellow angel who had known him for some time and she was a very big fan of both Zubair as an individual as well as of the notes. So I happened to find myself in London doing a business trip and met Zubair and from the very first moment I really saw something special not just in him as a person who I found incredibly impressive but I also really loved the concept from the very first moment. I really found that the track record that Zubair had already demonstrated in what he had done, you know, since uh, such a young age, um, but also what he was dreaming and aspiring of um, was certainly something that uh, uh, captured me. And that's really where the journey began. So you're both quite aligned to the academic world, right? So uh, Zubair, you have worked with tech companies, you've worked in teaching, you have a solid network through global partnerships for education. 
You're serving on the advisory board at the University of Cambridge's Digital Education Futures Initiative. So that's all quite impressive. You live and breathe education and technology, really. I have rarely seen such a strong founder industry fit. So I'm wondering, did your path develop this way by design or did it more or less happen? No, every every choice has been very conscious. Um, after starting Zenotes, I did end up going to university. Uh, I was at UCL doing a degree in mathematics and so not directly related to the world of tech and entrepreneurship. And yet every other opportunity that came in my direction was always very consciously chosen. Um, it had to align with things that directly contributed to the education and impact worlds and either helped me grow and develop as an individual and gain experiences, or it helped uh, Zenotes and its networks and connections. So um, whether it's consulting for edtech scale-ups and understanding the dynamics of what an edtech startup looks like at, at the scale of raising multiple rounds and, and going to it a, uh, kind of quite a high-level stage, looking at the world of academia and being actually part of you know, University of Cambridge's actual internal development and tools mechanisms, uh, working at a school and then spending a lot of time with disruptors and thinkers in education, gathering together a whole group of mentors and advisors. Beatrice is, is one of them, as you can see, was very, very conscious and I think is key for the success of Xenos as well. Well, you have made some great strides. So you started nine years ago at your own pace, and now your company has grown immensely, right? And and your traction is quite stellar. So just to give a bit of an idea, so through the word of mouth, Zenotes has had more than four and a half million students and educators from 190 countries access and benefit from your free educational resources. That is amazing. And this is exponentially growing with 1.8 million visitors in just the last 12 months, right? And then you implemented a user account system and you have had over 300,000 registered users and nearly uh, a million average monthly page visits. And then your video learning content on YouTube has already had more than 1.3 million views and 61,000 watch hours. That's amazing. So that's all about content. And then you have your community, which is a very engaged community with over 25,000 members who are very active. And, and I think these numbers and the engagement speaks for itself. But my question to you is, how do you measure your impact? Absolutely. Impact measurement has been a very important part of the journey of evolving Zenotes from a from a from an informal student school project to a social impact startup that it is today. There are key aspects that developed in the last few years. I would particularly call out the accelerator program that we were part of at the Institute of Education (UCO), which really dro drove deep into the into the aspects of evidence-led approaches in edtech, developing theory of change models. We were part of the Facebook Community Accelerator program, again, looking at how you are creating and sustaining impact in everything that you do. So if, if you guys have a chance, do check out xenos.org slash impact, and you will see not only the metrics that we're capturing, traction things that you talked about, Hester, but also deeply talking about the outcomes we wish to see. What are we doing to measure those outcomes? The theory, the theory of change, the instruments we're using, the audience segments that we're categorizing and capturing. These are very key scientific approaches we've taken to make sure that impact is being measured and maximized. So can you give a tip of Bill before we go indeed to zenotes.org slash impact? Can you just talk a little bit about it? 
course. We're talking about things like not only exam results, but we're talking about self-efficacy. How, how much more confident are we making students feel after their experience on Zenos? We're talking about how students are contributing to the platform are not only you know, being part of this initiative, but actually resulting in taking this experience to develop a mindset that is aligned to social change and impact. We're talking about how much more likely young people are after working with us and engaging with us to be actually ready for the world of professional qualifications and employment. And we have measured outcomes and, and, and metrics to, to show almost 90% of our students are more confident. Our contributors and interns are uh, 15% more likely to actually be contributing back to their marginalized communities. 70% or 80% of our interns end up having opportunities in, in new jobs, in academic pathways. So these are things which are just the tip of the iceberg of, of the impact that we're seeing. And of course, we humanize this. We capture case studies. We capture the stories of these learners through testimonials, through deep case study work. Um, to be able to really exemplify the the impact that Zenos is having. And I think it comes back to one of the final things that you said in our interaction. It's about the engagement of a community. A content piece is, is only so far, but once you create a community and a movement around it, you can see a much greater scale of impact. So it's so you're the, the outcomes that you realize are about confidence, mindset, and readiness for the real world, basically. That brings us to your target group. Let's let's dive a little bit deeper into that. So your target group is Asia-focused for students in the age range of 14 to 18 years old, as well as early college students, homeschooled students, and local school students taking international exams. Beatrice, if I can turn to you for a second, because this is where your expertise is. So you, as an advisor to Zenodes, are a perfect I would say in this position, as your academic record is remarkable as well, you are very deep into the domain of ed tech and education, and you have lived literally all over the world. So what is your insight in the target group that Zenodes is targeting? What are their needs? What are their priorities? Well, I think that first of all, from a geographical perspective, the audience that Zubair and Zenodes speaks to is very diverse. So we're really talking about students all around the world taking different kinds of high-stake exams. So on the one hand, we have diversity, but really I think all of these students and this generation have one super important thing in common. They're entering a very uncertain world. And so for them, having access to a very high quality further education, could be university or could be a technical college, it could be another institution, is absolutely important to really continue setting the foundations for what happens later in life and make sure that they get the right skills and then the right knowledge to continue succeeding. So obviously, high stake exams have always been important. But a part of me feels that with so many changes happening around us, exams are in a way, unfortunately, more important than ever. So this is a crucial time for this age group. These exams really, really matter to them. I think something else that really matters to this age group is the importance of active learning and learning together. And I think that this is certainly one of the things that excites me the most about, about Zenotes, that it's really an organization at the intersection between community and content. Actually, not just any community, but a large and very active community. And at the same time, an always growing and high quality content. And this generation really learns by engaging with peers. And this is actually the way in which they often interact and continually form and shape at what Zenotes really stands for. I think that the last element that's really important is that of affordability. 
education is more and more expensive, both at high school level, but also at university level. And I think Xeox plays a really, really important part in this space because actually through its content, it's helping students who may not be able to otherwise pay for tuition, for private tuition, to still have access to really high quality content and uh, a, a peer community where they can better prepare for what really, really matters to them. So I think this element of financial inclusion is also something that really matters to this generation. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thanks for those insights, uh, Beatrice. So uh, on the content part, I'm super curious to hear from you, Zubair. How is the content created? And maybe more importantly, how is it curated? Of course. And Beatrice really, I think on our first interaction, it was a rainy day in London. She picked it up immediately. She said, Zubair, Zenot says so much about the community and the content is a byproduct of it. And I think it, it really encapsulated by how we produce our content as well. We have the highest achieving students from all over the world getting in touch and wanting to be part of this movement. They want to contribute for multiple reasons. They want to be part of a, a movement that is making social good. They want to develop their own learning skills by teaching back to other, other students, which I'm sure most educators will understand is the best way to learn. And finally, they want to be able to talk about these experiences in this increasingly competitive university admissions and professional world. So they come and apply to Zenotes and actually we're just at the receiving end of hundreds of applications, literally an application almost every single day from a learner who wants to contribute back to the Zenotes platform. And we do this in multiple forms. So we've talked about the notes. That's why it's called Zenotes essentially, but it also extended into video content, into past papers and kind of question walkthroughs, as well as now quiz banks and question banks. So what we do is we have a clear template structure uh, that has been kind of evolved and tried and tested over the last few years to be the most appropriate and most scalable content form, which works across multiple, multiple subjects that learners understand. They uh, are trained on these methodologies. And once they have the training and skills, once they've been assessed that they have the academic credentials for it, uh, we're talking about applicants who are not just A-star students, but actually world toppers and Olympiad winners. Uh, once they've gone through this process, they'll then have the ability to co-create a resource onto the learning platform. So our, our platform is not just a, a learning platform to consume, but actually to create directly into it as well. This content then goes through several moderation and review processes from the internal team to some of the more qualified learners who are oftentimes at universities. And they're reviewing and understanding and making sure that the content is not only accurate and correct, but actually very, very deeply aligned to the syllabus for the high stake test that they're going to be pursuing. Um, this means that as, as kind of to reiterate, reiterate the community and the cultivation of the community is a very, very key part of the content that it creates as well. So we do both and actually it makes a big influence in how the learners learn about this initiative, how they interact and the, the, the feeling of empowerment. Think about it like this, Hester, if you're a 16, 17 year old and you can write in your application that the notes that you created, the work that you did, the, the dedication that you put into this effort reached tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of learners all over the world and made a dent in this social problem. How does that make you feel? It makes you feel like you're not just a teenager. You're actually someone who can really make a change in this world. And that's what we see in the impact. This is where young learners and young people from Xenos can not only feel like they're, they're kind of fixing a social educational problem, but actually can be the, the, the solvers and the solution makers of the biggest global challenges that we're facing today. Yeah. And that's um, a big driver for the generations that are now 
the, the students, the sense of purpose, that, that value is so high uh, in them. So I can totally see your point uh, that this is what drives them. Right. So on, on this community, what do you do to keep the community of 25,000 people engaged? I think it might be 26. It's ever growing. Uh, every, every time I put a metric in, it just kind of trickles up. It, it was a big effort in the very beginning to set up a community and its value system. I think that is the most important thing when it comes to communities about coming together on a shared set of values and purpose. And this was very much done by modeling the behaviors we wish to see. So the team members, the early contributors, the early Discord members actually modeled the behavior they wish to see in that community. So it was not, and in, in many ways, the community com companies is the most difficult to build because it, it, it needs that level of organic growth and development for it to reach its kind of maturity. And that's what we, we've been doing for the past few years. Um, and once it has happened, not only is it uh, growing, it's perpetuating those behaviors and attitudes. So I no longer need to go into the community to tell them to be trustworthy, academically honest, to be contributing and giving and caring, to be thoughtful about their messages and reactions. The community self-governs and self-polices itself. We are in the midst of October and November exams. And something that honestly brings so much joy to me is I, I go to the Zenote server and I see a session every single day, a live synchronous study session that a student has applied to create. He or she will organize this event. They will prepare materials for it. They will host a study session on a certain topic and they will do it out of their own motivations. This is completely organic. We have not done anything but create the pathways for learners to do such a thing. And it's just incredibly inspiring. I, I sometimes just tune in and you see 50, sometimes more learners live in a discourse stage with one of the students sharing the screen, working through a past paper, sharing some thoughts around a specific question, some students typing in, some students joining in live and unmuting their mic. That is something quite remarkable. And it has taken a long time to get here, but this is what engagement looks like. Our community is also very safe and it's been very important when we have such a diverse you know, group of social, religious, ethnic backgrounds to make sure that it is considerate of all these diversities and inclusions. And so we do have moderators who are policing and making sure that the community stays afloat. We have automatic bots that are reporting any incorrect usage of languages and inappropriate behaviors. We have an immediate messaging system and reporting system. These are all safeguards and rails we put into place to make sure that this stays exactly as it should. And if there are any challenges, they need to be addressed immediately. But as I said, the modeling of the community and the behaviors we wish to see was a seed for this community and will continue to grow when we maintain those values that we wish to see. So the humans that help you maintain this and, and make it thrive, can you tell us a little bit about them? What does your team look like? Absolutely. So the, the organization has very organically grown. And when it was very clear that it was no longer a one-man band, very naturally, young people wanted to contribute in different aspects of its runnings. Over the last few years, we've spent a lot of time thinking about what a youth-empowered team looks like, uh, a global and diverse and team looks like. And what we were able to do was create a very robust organizational structure, which involved young people, students at school and universities, to be able to engage in high ownership, low dependency roles that didn't necessarily require a lot of training, but actually enabled them to feel like they were part of creating an impact. So our team breaks across the content, community, the growth, the tech, as well as the, the people teams. And they're all 
considering different aspects of the organization's operations. Uh, how does our social media look like? How does the Discord community operate? How do we make sure that the content applicants are being considered and reviewed? How does the, the people team is, is even more interesting. They look at the well-being of our, our team. So now with over 50 volunteer interns who are part of the movement and who cycle in and out of the system. So we have a six-month ongoing cycle of internships. This means that this community is, is I, I say community because the team itself is a community. Uh, they learn and grow together. They're able to feel like they're empowered to make a change. Um, they're able to develop the skills. And as I said, one of the impact me measurements we're seeing is what does it look like after the internship for these learners? They've developed skills, they've developed experiences and a, and a mindset that actually enables them to get into better jobs, careers, internships, and university opportunities. In fact, some of the favorite stories that I have are the ones who not only take this experience to their jobs and internships, but actually go on to make another social change movement as well. Some of our interns have gone on to create NGOs in their local country. They've started outreach clubs in their own community. So that is the way the team organizes itself. We have an incredibly talented group of young people. And once again, they are applying, they are looking at this initiative, seeing how they can contribute and receive efforts um, and be able to be part of something that is, is, is impactful. That's great. 150 interns. That's amazing. Hey, and now you're ready for the next phase. And so you have established this, which is amazing and is making real impact in the world. And now you need to become sustainable and you need to make sure that you can continue to exist and, and run. So you have now taken the step to start monetizing the things that you are doing. It's always been for free. And now you are taking the next step to make sure that you can sustain all the operations. So there's three ways that you want to do this through a paid model for educators which mm -hmm. have a very different use case eh, than students. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Secondly, uh, sponsors who will have exposure to 4 million users on your platform. And thirdly, affiliates programs. Perhaps you can talk a little bit about these three avenues of monetization that you see and how you plan to grow these avenues. For sure. An emergent use case was the discovery that teachers not only discovered Xenos, but actually use them very actively in their lessons. And since implementing a educator flow on our, on our website in the earlier part of this year, we've had over 40,000 educators sign up, again, through organic word of mouth effects. The educators are using these, this content both to prepare themselves for lessons. Sometimes they are challenged with the resources that they have or not have available. And they're actually using them in their classrooms. They're using it as slides and presentations. They're using it as review lessons. Uh, they're using it as accompaniment to bilingual teachers, bilingual students. So the, the use case has been fantastic to learn about from hundreds of teachers that have reported back. And they've also reported back the need for additional tools and features which will enable them to do better. And that has been our initial focus with the commercialization is how can we make sure that the educators are better supported because it leads to the impact that we wish to see, leveraging the content and the knowledge that we've already started to develop through the student base. So. Some of them are interested in purchasing these services themselves. Educators includes both teachers at schools and tutors who are doing it independently, as well as the schools as a whole. We often have high concentrations of students in a single school who are using Zenotes. So understanding their learning journeys, their challenges, the, the actual outcomes that the educators are achieving is a very key uh, advantage that we have that we can actually work with schools to be subscribing to our services as well. And uh, we've also continued our bottom-up approaches in creating a partner school network, which is already reaching 
10 different countries and 25 different ambassadors who are leading this initiative. So focus number one is about extending the coverage and support for educators and in doing so, creating a service which is paid for for educators either themselves independently or through their schools that they're attending or being part of. The second revenue stream, as you very rightly said, is that we have a massive user group and they're a very unique user group. They're self-motivated, ambitious, high-achieving students. They care about where they want to go and what they want to achieve. They're doing this out of their own motivations and they are in a very interesting state of mind. They're not on Instagram doom scrolling. They're actually out there on the platform learning. That state of mind combined with the intersectionalities or the kind of specific demographics we're looking at, this hungry 14 to 18 year old age group uh, from everywhere in the world, but predominantly looking at emerging economies, huge young populations, I mean, it's just a very attractive audience segment for, for sponsors to speak to. This could be ways for them to create awareness of corporate job opportunities that come in the future, developing their talent pipelines. This could be linked to skills development and kind of looking for the skills that they need to see in their future graduates. This could be related to simply awareness of their brand so that when they get to an age where they will be purchasing, that they know who they who supported them, let's say, in their economics notes. So we've already kicked off this relationship with an incredible author who sponsored our platform and saw great results. We're, we're continuing this effort uh, by launching a, green, a skills course with the UNSDSN's Global School Program and launching it at COP28. We're proving that Xenos can actually not only be educational in terms of academic, but also grow into the skills space as well. And we can see this pathway emerge in future tracks as well. And the final point that we, we, we also mentioned is affiliates. So many of our learners are looking to take that next step into higher education. And when they enter this, they need support. Some of them have the infrastructure, but others do need to know, how do I get to study abroad? What are the structures that are in place? How can I approach scholarships? How can I write an application? Of course, this is an established industry where counseling services are enabling access to these students. We've already, again, spoken to and learned from hundreds, almost, almost half a thousand, uh, 500 students in the last few weeks and months. And they, we know that many of them are looking for services that can help them in, this, in these ways. The final revenue stream that we're, we're excited to launch as soon as possible is how we can connect learners who are looking for additional opportunities and connections to the next step of their journey, universities and future opportunities through the existing Xeno structure. But it requires a very careful, considered approach on selecting who these partners are. And for that, you have signed an um, MOU with KiteSense. Very excited in uh, KiteSense in Singapore, an AI attack platform through which you will push your B2B sales. So Bear, we talked a lot about the impact side of your business because you are an impact enterprise. However, you're not a nonprofit. So... As our audience is investors, can you talk a little bit about the financial side of your business? Absolutely. Zenotes was very much set up with the intent of being a healthy, growing, sustainable business, because that is the only way you can get to scales that not only affect millions, but tens and hundreds of millions of lives. We have a unique advantage in our operational and content development costs, which no EdTech, other, EdTech app right now has, with being minimum in terms of what it requires. And this means that we're able to reach profitability in our projections at a very, very quick point. We're projected to reach over 3 mil by 2026, continue our organic growth with specific SEO work to get to over 40% year-on-year user growth. And I think that we have established 
the, the fundamentals and the base for a very healthy business that is ready and ripe for the right type of commercializations. So just to clarify, you expect 3 million revenues in 2026 and you expect to be profitable early 2025. Five, exactly. Yeah, great. Hey, uh, we're running a bit out of time, but I would just like to make sure that we cover your round. So this is the first time you actually go to the investor market to raise funds. You're currently raising $500,000 for an 18-month runway at a pre-money valuation of $4.7 You have already notable angels on board, including MD of Pearson UK, global advisor of Ashoka, and our own Anshul Magota's social innovation circle is also on board. So can you tell us a little bit about how you're planning to use these funds? Absolutely. We have reached a stage uh, of Xenos where the community is growing and scaling. A lot of the th things that I mentioned around the, the value systems and the pipelines are now very well established. And the, this is why we've come to a stage of raising our first round. There are aspects of the, of the product and the platform that need to be more stabilized, and that requires a more full-time team to cover and affect that. So the funds will really be used in two key ways. It's on the product, and that is through engineers and product managers. And on one side, it is the commercial team, both on the sales side of sponsorship and affiliate deals, as well as how we can create this educator product. We think a lot of the reach is already there. We will be able to leverage our organic traction and growth. We will be able to fuel that through experts in SEO and data scientists. So the funds really are very much a team growth piece with a key focus is on the product team and the commercialization team. Yeah, yeah, got it. As you're expanding in, in the Southeast Asian and, and Asian uh, region, having strategic investors on board is important as well. Perhaps Beatrice, can you talk a little bit to, as an advisor, how you've been able to help Zubair grow? What do you think is important in investors that can help Zenodes reach the next level? What could be the key value that investors can deliver as strategic investors to Zenodes? Absolutely. Well, I think certainly uh, expert advice is always welcome. So I think as the journey towards growing monetization, that is certainly where a lot of the advice and the support from angels would be not just very welcome, but also practically speaking, very, very useful. And this is such a crucial moment that I think uh, a lot of that would, would add value. Um, the second thing uh, is, is just around people, right? So I think as Zubair looks to grow his team with the right talent, um, identifying potential individuals that are as passionate as, as Zubair and his existing team about both education and impact and really growing this kind of organization. Um, such introductions and individuals could be extremely helpful, again, for, for Zubair at this point in his journey. So introductions to people, be it investors, talent, or partners would be helpful. Great. Zubair, very last question because we're running over time. Your future vision, where do you see the company in 10 years from now? The notes has landed upon a very unique content and community flywheel that is self-sustaining, scalable, and has a very low cost base. We see ourselves being able to impact 100 million lives and we're very, very ambitious and clear to go towards that. 100 million lives. On that note, I would like to end. Thank you very, very much for giving us a peep under the hood of Z Notes. I'm very excited about what you have built 
and the future that you are uh, about to build with some extra support of investors. For now, thank you very much and speak soon. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Alex. Now let's hear from the investors what they have to say about this startup. And please remember, we're not a financial advisor. All opinions expressed by Epic Angels are intended as educational and reflect the personal research and experiences of the team. For the Investor Talk today, we have with us Martina De Leo. She grew up in the Netherlands and lived in many places all over the world, from Sao Paulo in Brazil, Manila in the Philippines, and currently she lives in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. Martina really thrives on making an impact, especially making an impact together. Martina is a serial entrepreneur of businesses that do good, from Jungle Bird, a PR agency that helps companies take actual steps to increase their impacts, to co-founding Chat License, a smartphone experience game for kids and teams, and an information portal for parents all in one. Martina, with your experience in EdTech, because Chat License is an EdTech as well, I'm really excited to have you on today to discuss Zenotes. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, really excited. Yeah, so... What makes you so excited about Zenotes as an, but from an EdTech perspective, from your perspective? Yeah, well, it's actually broader than that, I think. It's for me, it Zenotes is an investment, what it must look like nowadays. So it, it must have, for me, the right numbers, triple bottom line. And it's about doing good by doing business. And I truly believe that we all have to take those steps in order to achieve the change we want to see. And Cnote is an example of how this can be done. And they're really looking at SDG and education, or at least the lack of education is an important part of these goals. And EdTech comes here as one of the greatest equalizers. It makes it possible uh, to reach students beyond borders and language barriers. And that's what Cnote is doing. They're equalizing, they're democratizing access to information, they're empowering students, they're using the internet for good. So I think that's very much all what they can do and they're really doing a good job in that they have a great traction. They have 4 million students reached already and 91% of them is feeling more confident about upcoming exams. So you can see it resonating and I think they're ready to take it to the next step. It's interesting and that impact uh, that they're making in such a short time, how many people they've been able to reach. And Hester, I mean, you are definitely an ed tech expert as well. You've been focusing on ed tech for many, many years already yourself. What's your perspective on this from the ed tech landscape? Yeah, uh, thanks. It's in that sense, um, Asia has a, a, a very, it's culturally determined, I would say, how they see education. Education is very, very important in Asia because for many countries, it is a tool for social mobility. Still, if it's not graded in Asia, it doesn't count. So exams determine your way of life in Asia. And therefore, the pressure is real for kids to really succeed in the exams. So this is this is very, very important. And as Martina said, to level the playing field for kids that maybe not make the grades in the traditional education system as it is here in Asia, still are very talented and have their unique skills. That matters here to, to allow the same chances for these kids who don't make the grades, but still are very talented and motivated people to make it through and give them access to high quality content is I think very, very important to make the playing field a bit more fair here in Asia. 
how do you look into that, Martina, and specifically that Asian perspective? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's very much broader than just Asia, but specifically in, in third world countries that it's just not equal. But I think CNOS is, is not just a pathway to make it happen for students. It's also like this safe haven. And Beatrice said as well, like it's the way that this generation wants to learn and wants to connect. And they're really tapped into that, the way they want to connect socially. So it's not just the content that they deliver, but also the way they are able to bring the content. And I think that's also very much a generational thing instead of just a location thing. And, and what is it that you're most impressed by if you, if you look at notes? Firstly, I always look at the person behind the business. I think Subaru is really a good fit and he really lives education and he's such a person that lives his mission for the company. And then secondly, I think it's the product market fit. They, in this world with a low student-teacher ratio, there is a need for information and sharing the right information to talent in the world is crucial and they tap into that. Uh, and thirdly, it's the student movement. It's really led by people itself and by the generation. And I think that together combined to find that in one product that's in, in a way very early stage, but already so far, uh, that's a true gem. It's impressive uh, because getting a platform to run that flywheel to really work. I mean, so many businesses are trying it and we see so many businesses fail in doing that. Uh, Hester, what's your thought on this? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm very impressed by Zuber. He's 25 years old. Huh? He started this when he was 16. And the way how he composed he is. As you said, Martina, the founder industry fit is extremely good. I've, I've rarely seen this. He lives it uh, in all the things that he does. He's super aligned to academia. So he also has the right network. So that's very strong. Apart from that, this is a very impact-focused business, clearly. I think the numbers also speak for themselves, which makes it a bit more hard in that sense. So he says that as the pressure to make exams well is very high, what he does is increase the confidence in kids had to make these, these uh, exams well and make the mindset change. So what he said, that he has achieved a 90% higher confidence rate yeah. with the kids who use the, his study notes. That is real, right? 90% higher, and that actually means something. Secondly, the affordability. He is focusing on 14 to 18 years old in emerging economies. So affordability does matter, where, for example, parents who homeschool their kids is one of their target markets. They pay a lot on monthly subscriptions for all the platforms that they have to be on. And these platforms are usually not very engaged. So this is a platform that is actually affordable because it's for free. All the study notes will remain for free and is very engaged. So those two things, 90% higher confidence and affordability because the, the content is for free. Those are, are real hard markers for me where I can see this has a future as well. It's not only doing good, but it's actually he has achieved something. Then thirdly, of course, 26,000 people in a community. And as you said, Micah, that is a flywheel, right? The community and the content works as a flywheel. That's impressive. Uh, even more mature multiple founders I have not seen succeed to this uh, extent. And you touch upon the monetization and from an investor perspective, of course, we're always looking into that exit potential that comes with monetization as well. When we think about exit, where do you see some possibilities? What, what are the parts that can be monetized? 
So, so I think what we just missed maybe now is also the educators, the amount of educators that are already on the platform that shows value to them. And I think that's where the exit and the monetization comes together as well. It's not just bringing it to the students, but there's also a gap for education for, for educators themselves. And he's bringing those two worlds together. Uh, I think there are many multiple business streams that uh, he's already touching into, but there are even uh, more possibilities there. And so exit-wise, it's a very early stage that they are now on. So I think it's definitely worth to see the value in the amount of like, okay, where can we get the revenue streams and then see to tap into those different kind of exits that are possible depending on yeah, you see EdTech doing IPOs lately as well, not always good, but I think that's a little bit down the line. But you see a lot of like collaborations from social platforms because they got a grant already from Facebook. They're a new social platform in a way that students from this generation really wants to connect. But you also see a lot of grants coming in and foundation-wise from bigger NGO or foundations that are also taking organizations like this to public. So I think there are different pathways there possible because they are really tapping in to a big community feeling. Yeah, I see that too. I, when I think about exit, it's not entirely clear to me yet. As you say, Martin, is very early stage. However, I clearly see the value that he has created in two things. It's the content, high quality study notes that has value uh, for international uh, exams, right? And secondly, the community, 26,000 engaged people, students and teachers on one platform, that is worth something. Partly this is where he's also monetizing, right? Apart from the Discord community, there's the 4 million students and educators that are users. Exposure to these 4 million, that's a great market. And this is what he's doing with the sponsorships. Yeah, and I like the Mercedes sponsorship he has with the upscaling, because it's not just education, it's a broader perspectives are possible, right? It's, it's preparing for exams, but it's also the gap that's there, the, the skill gap that's there for those people when they're finished their school and then when this education comes arise or where school is just not filling the gaps that are needed for businesses. It's all done and possible on this platform with a like a very targeted age group that are really willing to learn. That's unique. That's, that's worth something, like you said, Hester, yeah. I also think one of the other values is really how they will be able to work with AI on the platform. They're already collaborating or they signed the MOU with KiteSense. And I think there are many options that AI and the use of AI will benefit the users. So you can think about personalized pathways of learning, but also like improving the way they um, bring the content. But it's important, what I feel like here, it's not just uh, a note. It's really about the person, like the combination. It's the content and the community. And I think if AI taps into those two together and CNotes makes it possible uh, to work with that, that's a really value creation there. Yeah, it's beautiful to see the real impact that CNotes is creating. And that impact is going to be worth something. And there are multiple options on how to further monetize on that. We're looking forward to be part of that and to support Zenotes to realize this impact and to further skill and grow. Thank you so much, Martina and Hester, for sharing your thoughts on the Investor Talk. We're excited to see what's next for Zenotes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
We hope you enjoyed looking behind the scenes. The objective of this podcast is to demystify angel investing and to share insights so you can learn more about the world of venture capital. Interested to see if you can become an angel investor yourself? Contact us via info at epicangelnetwork.com or go to our website at epicangelnetwork.com.